the Gospel according to Matthew. At that time, Herod the ruler heard reports about Jesus, and he said to his servants, This is John the Baptist. He has been raised from the dead, and for this reason these powers are at work in him. Because Herod had arrested John, bound him, and put him into prison on account of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because John had been telling him it's not lawful for you to have her. You know, though Herod wanted to put John to death, he feared the crowd because they regarded John as a prophet. But when Herod's birthday came, the daughter of Herodias danced before the company, and she pleased Herod so much that he promised on oath to grant her whatever she might ask. Prompted by her mother, she said, Give me the head on John the Baptist here on a platter. The king was grieved, yet out of regard for his oaths and for the guests, he commanded it to be given. He sent and had John beheaded in prison, and the head was brought on a platter and given to the girl, who brought it to her mother. John's disciples came and took the body and buried it, and then they went and told Jesus. Now, when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed Jesus on foot from the towns. When Jesus went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to Jesus and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away, so that they might go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And Jesus said, Bring them here to me. Then Jesus ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. And all ate and were filled. And they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, twelve baskets full. And those who ate were about 5,000 men, plus many more women and children. The Gospel of the Lord. Now, the Gospel of Matthew offers a stark choice, Herod or Jesus. The Gospel compares them simply by setting these two stories side by side, a feast in a palace that ends in the killing of God's messenger, his head on a serving plate, and an empty desert on the margins, full of sick and hungry people, that ends in healed bodies and full stomachs and students of a new way getting to play a part in that miracle. Death spills out of the palace. Life overflows in the desert. And Isaiah calls to us, Why do you spend money 
for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy. Matthew wants us to see in Jesus the new Moses, Herod and later Pilate, who stand in for the whole Roman imperial system, they play the part of Pharaoh. This is a new liberation in the desert. The healed bodies and full stomachs have a greater purpose, just like manna in the wilderness. They are fuel for walking the freedom highway. Jesus made a way out of the oppressive and violent regime of Rome that Rome's supporters called peace and civilization and law and order. The kingdom of heaven came near. The promise of the prophets and the Psalms made real. The Lord who upholds all those who fall and lifts up those who are bowed down. You open wide your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. And from last week, rescue me from those who oppress me, and I will keep your commandments. Jesus was on a rescue mission, still is, saving us from leaders and systems that are the reason why sick people are sick and hungry people are hungry, and God's faithful are in danger. Those with ears to hear, listen. In his letter to the Romans, Paul spoke of his great sorrow and unceasing anguish. His own people, his nation, chose the new Pharaoh over the new Moses. When Paul assured the church, I am speaking the truth in Christ, it is a warning to us. There is no losing the gifts God has already given, but we can choose not to participate in the next new thing God is doing, the new liberation. Past performance is no promise of future results. That's the warning we can take away from Paul's words in Romans. Will we be more loyal to the Herods of this world than to Jesus? Will we feast in the palace or be fed in the wilderness? What must we lose and what will we gain? The lovers quarrel between Jesus and the Pharisees, scribes, and temple leaders was over this essential loyalty. They had the ear of Herod and Pilate, but not the heart of God. They blessed the oppression as God's own will. Some feasted because the rest starved, and the many starved because some feasted. But God heard the people's cry, even if the pastors and bishops and CEOs of Christian schools and publishing houses and all the well-meaning church people ignored it. In every new era, God's people get to clear our ears and check our allegiances and hear again the word of Jesus. 
Blessed are the poor in spirit, because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, because they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, because they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice, because they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, because they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, because they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, because they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of justice, because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, because your reward is great in heaven, because in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. Did Jesus say, blessed are the Christians? No. Salt doesn't need a label to be salty. In fact, Jesus, if Jesus' parables are any guide, salt works best when it's hidden. So be careful. Many mask dominance with righteousness. There is no room for domination in the kingdom of heaven. Power over cannot seize control of the kingdom, not this kingdom. The power with of Christ's cross is too strong because God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. Even as Jesus went into hiding to find rest and respite from bloody Herod, we see his strength. He did not lose his compassion. Do not let your fear steal your compassion either. Real strength suffers with in love. Beware the feasts this world promises. They cannot satisfy, but only make us slaves to an anxious drive for more, more, more. If the food we eat and the blessings we celebrate put us to sleep to human-made pandemics and poverty, then they are not from God. The bread of heaven is a wake-up call. It fills the belly with fire. You give them something to eat, Jesus insisted, as if warning that salvation will never be found in the imperial marketplace, in imperial colonies, at the centers of power. The bread of heaven is at the margins, hidden in the places the market does not value and the empire overlooks. Where can we go for this bread? We don't have to go anywhere. Our souls are already waiting for us. Heaven is within you. The heaven within us is food 
for the journey of making heaven on earth for all to enjoy. Sit down in the grass, your soul whispers. Stop pining for the palace. Leave the throne to Herod. Here is the true feast. Here is the true king. Be healed now, even here from the cross. Life gushes forth. Thanks be to God.